and it starts pouring really hard and thundering right above our heads as we're going down this mountain and I had this like metal umbrella <laughs> that I was holding which wasn't really helping at all because it was so windy and I was still like completely soaked um and I was kind of afraid that like the metal would I don't know attract the lightning and we would get electrocuted but um it was kind of scary but we we made it down and by the time we got down both of us were like soaked clean through like my underwear was Welcome to another episode of Extraordinary, a podcast where I record stories from people who might not realize they have anything special to say. For this episode, I talked with Linnea, a 23-year-old who recently returned from traveling in Europe for six months using homestay sites like Workaway and Couchsurfing. Linnea is an adventurer, a musician, an artist, and last year she graduated from an apparel design program at Cornell University. Full disclosure, she is also my oldest friend, and not to rub it in, but we talked while sitting in an outdoor pool when she visited me in Portland. Oh, and she also played the lovely ukulele music that you can hear on this episode. This is how you get all of your interviewees (laughs) to speak. Invite them into my heated pool. (laughs) Get them relaxed. (laughs) That's a good idea. (laughs) And then just don't tell them that it's on. Yeah, that it's being recorded. That's how you get sued. (laughs) I know. I think that might be illegal or something. Maybe that could be my theme, though. Like, talking in a tub. (laughs) Tell me about all the countries you went to. Um, I started in the south of France, in Toulouse. And then France, I went to Switzerland. And then back to France and Nice, Spain, and then Portugal. Yeah, Lisbon, Porto, and then I flew to Croatia via Barcelona. Flew to Sweden, and then to Denmark, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland, and then um, England. And then you came home? Yeah. (laughs) What were the actual dates of your trip? Uh, I left on June 24th. I got into New York City on December 15th. And then saw my parents on December 24th. So it was like six months later. Wow, to the day. Yeah. (laughs) What was the whole inspiration for doing that kind of trip? Um, I think I wanted... Well, because I studied abroad in Paris when I was a junior in college and then after graduating I realized that I never got to go to the south of France and I wanted to improve on my French um, and so I found this program called Work Away and um, found some really cool hosts and so I just started doing that and then applying to different ones as I was like traveling but I wanted to go to different countries this time so I made it to Switzerland and then made my way down to Portugal because I heard a lot of really good things about Lisbon um so I tried to do mostly different countries you were traveling by yourself most of the time um yeah I was I met up like after Portugal um I met a lot of people there and ended up like traveling with some of them later or like meeting up with them and staying with them, like one girl from Copenhagen um, that I worked with there, she let me stay at her family's place when I went to visit Copenhagen for like nice. five days. So it's nice to have friends like <laughs> around Europe. Yeah. <laughs> Were you nervous at the beginning about going by yourself? Yeah, I was. I mean, I don't know, I was excited. And, like, at first it was kind of like, oh, like, I don't know if it's, it's going to be hard to make friends. And, um, like, especially in Switzerland was was my first time kind of, like, being on my own again because I did a work away in the south of France. And then I went off to Switzerland just to, like, be a tourist, and I wanted to do some hiking. But, like, I didn't... I wanted to do hiking, but I didn't want to do it by myself, kind of. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of wish I had someone to do hiking with. But um, I was really lucky. Like, at one of the hostels, I met this other girl who was from Washington. 
and um, we ended up going hiking together the next day, which was really fun. And then we kept in touch, and when I decided that I was going to Ireland, I messaged her because I saw on Facebook that she was in Ireland. And so a couple months later, we met up in Dublin again, and it was Aww. really good to see her. Yeah, and I'll probably like see her again. She works in Portland. So. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Can you explain how Workaway works? Um, yeah. My cousin told me about the site, actually. It's this, this website where hosts will post um, what kind of work they're looking for, and it's always like a volunteer job because it's in exchange for room and board. Um, so there's like all sorts of ones. It's kind of, it's kind of like woofing, but um, for anything. There's like host families that need like babysitters for their kids, like kind of like an au pair job, but not as intense. Or just like families who want gardening, um, workers at hostels, and some art projects too. One of them I did was an art project slash like babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> I was like helping with the this Irish family and their kids and like watching the kids during after school and stuff and I had to make some food for them sometimes and I was painting a mural in their playroom at the same time <laughs> <laughs> and they lived on this farm and the mural was of the Taj Mahal <laughs> <laughs> that was their request <laughs> yeah we went through a, a long process of uh, a oh. long writing process on <laughs> what to make the mural of because how did that work <laughs> The youngest daughter wanted a bunny, I think. The older daughter, the youngest daughter was like seven. The oldest daughter was eight. She wanted a fairy or a princess. Oh. And the 10-year-old son wanted a tractor. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the mom really wanted something that would be timeless, that they could appreciate <laughs> when they're not kids anymore. Cause yeah. Because she was like, oh, they're at the age where they're hopefully stopped coloring on the walls and stuff so she was like how about something like a Paris or like a cityscape she really wanted a cityscape yeah I wanted a tree but um, she ended up picking the Taj Mahal and, um, none of us none of them and myself included had ever been to oh. but how long did you spend day. working on that mural um at least two weeks because I think mm, yeah I was there for like three weeks total and I think I started it after a week it felt like being in a studio again it was kind <laughs> of like a studio project because the last night I was there I was like oh damn I need to like actually finish this she's gonna hate me <laughs> she was like if you don't finish it no one is ever gonna finish this like none oh, of no. us can draw or anything like yeah the night before I left I like pulled an all-nighter like <laughs> painting on a wall just like college I'm again. I'm so tired. <laughs> and then I baked some cookies and then I left. Nice. <laughs> uh, the girls really, really wanted to help me, but like... With uh, the painting? Yeah. <laughs> they were so messy though, and like, the little one was such a brat. <laughs> she kept being like, ooh, can I just... And then she like, scribble on the wall with a pencil and like, run away. <laughs> oh. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Not helpful. No. <laughs> What other kinds of workaways did you do? The first one was with the French family. Uh, they were the mom was Sp French and the dad was Spanish because okay. it was like is like in board near Bordeaux kind of. It was really cool because they could all speak Spanish and French, but the French was a little different from like what I had experienced in Paris. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I, I'm like not very good at French or Spanish. But, um, so it was really hard to, like, play with the children. A lot of, like, motioning things and, like, acting out. Charades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of charades. The parents spoke, like, a little bit of English, so mm -hmm. it was easier to talk to them, but... And you were doing childcare for them? I was doing gardening, actually. Oh, cool. And then, like, sometimes... I cooked food for them one day. I cooked some, like, chowmin or something. It was... It was fun. But it was hard because, like, I couldn't really speak to them that well. Mm -hmm. So if I had stayed longer, I would have gotten a better, gotten better use of the language skills. Yeah, it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a 2,000 population town. Oh, yeah. probably hard to meet other yeah. travelers. No, yeah, didn't meet any other <laughs> travelers. 
so then your next one was pretty different from that. Yeah, um, yeah, so after that, I was, I had interviewed with, um, this hostel in Lisbon in Portugal, and, um, eventually, like, made a deal with them that I would stay for, like, a month. So, yeah, when I got to Portugal, um, it was a very different setup. It was, like, working a full-time job at a hostel, like, the, the front desk reception, um, making beds, cooking lunch for all the staff, and then cooking dinner for all the guests, and then taking them on a pub crawl (laughs) at night. (laughs) Um, and it was really, really fun. There was, like, a team of, like, 12 of us who were about the same age, kind of, like, going through the same things. Some people were still in school, some people had just finished school, um, traveling, doing work away everywhere, um, and it was so much fun. We all got along really well and got really close to each other. Um, we still, like, talk a lot on, like, our group chats on WhatsApp and stuff. (laughs) Um, I think they're planning a reunion in Prague soon, which I wish I could go to. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I still talk to a lot of them, and it's, it was so much fun, like, we would always do, like, touristy stuff together, go to the beach together, and, um, and go out at night. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, though, like, eight-hour shifts every day. I think that in that situation, work away was kind of abused. Like, they, it was Portugal. Like, they wanted the cheapest labor possible, mm. and like, we did get all of our meals free though. But um, they didn't give us like a big budget to like work with. Although groceries are so cheap in Portugal, so they would give us fifteen euro to spend on um, making lunch for about fifteen people. <laughs> seems pretty tight (laughs) yeah it is a tight budget but like you can actually do a lot with it especially when um some of the people are like vegetarians yeah Mm -hmm. you don't buy meat as much and it's not as expensive do you think that was a more typical experience where it was sort of like a full-time job or for work away yeah or more of the family style Um, environment i feel like the the thing about work is that maybe there isn't typical experience which is okay. really so cool because there are so many different opportunities um the family thing was more like low-key and I think that is mo- more common maybe because I don't think they're supposed to ask that much of you as a work awayer mm-hmm. it's supposed like the website says you're supposed to work like a maximum of, of five hours a day five days a week 25 hours a week. And how much were you working and in we Lisbon? And working 40 hours a week. Okay, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, like almost twice as much. Yeah. Um, but it, I think it was worth it. I don't have any regrets. Mm-hmm. And it just depends also, like some workways don't actually feed you all of your meals. Um, like, the next one I did in Croatia was also a hostel, but it wasn't, um, it was like outside of the city center, so it wasn't like really popular and we didn't have to do like the pub call and everything with guests. We just had to do the reception. But our um, the owner didn't feed us. Oh, <laughs> she bought us like cornflakes <laughs> and bread, and that and was then it. Then you were on your own. Yeah. So the rest of the meals I had to fend myself. Whereas in Lisbon, I could have gone without spending any money at all, which would be super nice. Did you have access to a kitchen like in yeah. the one in Croatia? Mm-hmm. We did. We but we had to buy our own supplies. Usually. Yeah. But she also didn't ask that much of us. Like, the shifts were, like, three hours long. Oh. It was, like, a lot different. Was the interview process very different between each work away? Or is it kind of standard? Um, Yeah, some of them don't ask to interview you at all. Um, The the Portugal hostel, we we had to do a Skype interview. um, Because they were running it more like a business. Like, Mm -hmm. we were the only staff members there. The owners were, like... Or the managers were never really around at all. Oh. Yeah, so we were basically running the whole business ourselves. And when there was a problem, we would have to just, like, call them all the time. Because no one was... There were no actual employees there to, like, help us. That sounds kind of scary. It was kind of scary, actually, if you think about it. At times, I would kind of, like, look around. And some of the guests would kind of just be like, is this a joke? (laughs) There's, like, all these kids running this hostel. But, like, it's not our fault. (laughs) They're not even paying us.
What kind of problems <laughs> would you run into? That um, well, we had to learn the whole like computer system, the whole software of checking people in and out. And the hardest part was like closing it at the end of the day if you oh. had the night shift. And it's like at twelve a.m. or like one a.m. You're trying to figure out how to like you have to like count all of the money and like make sure everything um, balances out and close down the software. And if there's any glitches in the software, like if people didn't enter guests information right like their birthdays and like um all their passport information then the whole software would just like like start freaking out (laughs) yeah sometimes you have to make up people's birthdays and passport numbers (laughs) which is bad but like there's nothing you could do (laughs) so in some cases it sounds like you got some actually maybe like work experience yeah <laughs> sort I of mean, like office experience yeah, I think because <laughs> I never yeah never done like um reception before mm-hmm. I've done like waitressing kind of like it was cool because um we were working the front desk like you had to be professional but at the same time the whole vibe of the hostel was like everyone is young everyone's kind of traveling and doing the same thing and mm-hmm. they really wanted the um the the staff to like be integrated and become friends with the guests and we did like we made a lot of friends with all of the guests and we would take them out at night and half the time you couldn't even tell who was like working there and who was like staying there (laughs) um because everyone would just like hang out in the common room together and like eat together and go out together it was really fun and it's nice now to have like a friend from Denmark and friends from Italy and yeah. from Germany and a Canadian friend and <laughs> and there was one other girl from the US and I was from England who I ended up staying with one of my friends who was working there too one in Copenhagen one in England and also a guest that I met there I came really good friends with she's from Australia and we went traveling together in Croatia she met up with me later in Croatia and we explored a little bit together it was cool to see faces again later on in the trip. Mm-hmm. So everyone was mostly speaking English? Yeah. That was the only thing, is I didn't meet any Portuguese people uh, <laughs> when I was there. Like, our managers and the owners were Portuguese. But the problem was that, like, since I had all these people at the hostel, um, it wasn't, like, forcing me to go out and, like, meet the locals, which kind of sucked. I actually didn't even hang out with any Portuguese my, people my age until I met a girl in Croatia from oh. Portugal. <laughs> she was actually from Lisbon, and um, she was staying at the hostel I was working at in Croatia, and then we went out for dinner one night and hung out, and I still talk to her on Facebook sometimes. Cool. But, um, yeah, it wasn't until, like, a month later <laughs> after I in left In a different Portugal. country. Yeah, <laughs> in a different country. <laughs> and it, it made me kind of realize, like, oh, I should have taken more advantage of that. But, I don't know. I don't have any regrets. Did you ever have a bad experience with a workaway host? Um, no. I think the only, like, bad experience would have been, like, that one that it was so obvious that they were kind of, like, using us. Mm -hmm. They didn't, like, treat us badly or anything. It was just, like, it's not supposed to be a full-time job. Right. So I would just make sure that people are aware that it's going to be, like, a lot of work before they go. It's not... It's not what Workaway says it will be, <laughs> but I still had a lot of fun. Um, and then the other ones I did were a little more low-key than that, and they were all really great. I didn't have any really bad problems. So mainly what you were paying for was transportation for the most part? And yeah. food, I guess. Food and drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Although the drinks in Portugal were really cheap. <laughs> yeah, transportation. Because... I did a lot of couch surfing too, so that was free. And then, um, then ho- some hostels that I stayed in. Actually, I stayed in a lot of hostels. Yeah. <laughs> so transportation, <laughs> hostels, and food, basically. What was your craziest experience at a workway, or just like just in, in the trip? The craziest. Something that you wouldn't have done because being abroad sort of gives you confidence, right? Um, yeah, it definitely does. I mean, I think that's why I was able to travel by myself. But um, I think one of the craziest experiences I had was um, in Croatia. 
Um, I was traveling with a friend I met at um, this hostel I stayed in Croatia, and we just happened to be going kind of like down the coast in the sa- to the same um, cities at the same time within like a day of each other. So we happened to like see each other every single day for like a whole week, <laughs> um, but which is really nice because like I wanted to do a lot of like hiking and exploring stuff, and um, it's nice to like not have to do it alone, you know? Yeah. Um, so we did like one hike the first place we met in in Portugal and then like on the last day um like a week later we were in Dubrovnik and we went on a hike together then because by then we were like oh yeah hiking's our thing like we're we're so great at this and like neither <laughs> of us were very experienced but um yeah. we we got caught in this thunderstorm and um we we knew it was gonna rain that day, but we were like, it's okay. Like we can we can take it. Like we want to do the hike anyways. Like what else would we do today? So we climbed to the top of this hill. It's a great view. It starts getting like really windy, and we're like, let's go down now. Like it, it's fine. But it's time. We took a lot of pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, we're ready to go down, and it starts pouring really hard, and thundering, like, right above our heads as we're going down this mountain, and I had this, like, metal umbrella <laughs> that I was holding, which wasn't really helping at all, because it was so windy, and I was still, like, completely soaked, um, and I was kind of afraid that, like, the metal would, I don't know, attract the lightning, and we would get electrocuted, but, um, it was kind of scary, but we, we made it down, and by the time we got down, both of us were, like, soaked, clean through, like, my underwear was completely wet, and, um, my friend was, like, uh, it would be so nice right now if I could just throw all of my clothes into a dryer. <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, I could look up if there's any, um, like, laundromats around. Because neither of us wanted to go back to our hostels, which were a little ways away. We wanted to stay, like, in town and have dinner um, in the city. So I looked up and we found a laundromat. But we didn't know how we would, like change (laughs) we didn't have anything to change into um so I was like what if we found like another hostel and asked to rent a towel because like I've rented towels from hostels all the time when I was (laughs) traveling and so um we walked around we went into this really fancy hotel asking (laughs) if they knew where any hostels were and this lady like directed us there we rented um two towels um from a hostel that wasn't ours we went back to the laundromat and luckily there was only, like, one, like, couple who was in there. <laughs> we, like, stripped down to these towels um, and, like, took everything off threw them in a dryer. I took off, like, my tennis shoes, too, and because they were, like, soaked completely through. I emptied my backpack and was trying to, like, air dry out all the papers of my notebook. And I threw my backpack in the dryer. I threw my wallet in. I emptied my wallet and threw that in, too. And we just, like, sat, and they had, like, two beanbag chairs <laughs> in the laundromat. I don't know why. Um, we sat in those in our towels and just, like, waited for all of our stuff to dry. <laughs> and, um, like, there were some people, like, other tourists, like, passing by. And occasionally, like, people would, like, look in and see, like, two people, like, sitting on beanbag chairs and towels. <laughs> and they would kind of, like, stop and, like, do a double take. Some of them would, like, kind of, like, wave at us. I think one guy actually took a selfie <laughs> with us. It was so awkward. I'm still waiting for that selfie to, like, show up on the internet. On the somewhere. internet. <laughs> but, yeah, that was probably the mo- the craziest um, experience. I never would have guessed I would have gotten myself into that situation. Yeah. And I probably would not have had the guts to do it in... Um, in the U.S., I guess, or alone at all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I will never forget that day. (laughs) You did a lot of extreme things, it seems like, though. Like, you went skydiving, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sometimes I forget about that. (laughs) It happened so fast. Yeah. (laughs) Like, that has always been on my bucket list. And um, when I was at the the Lisbon Hostel, I like around people who were also very adventurous and like down for anything and I was really surprised and Mm -hmm. um so I ended up going with two guys who I was working with there um neither of them had ever been skydiving before either and um we drove out to this place in like central Portugal 
on one of my days off. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we went to 4,200 meters. It was supposed wow. to be a 55-second free fall. <laughs> it was so insane. And, like, uh, it was so much fun. I, I was really scared going up <laughs> in the plane. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, the, the hardest part was, like, when you first jump out, you get those, like, butterflies like really intense butterflies when you're like going straight down right but then it just like after like half a second it goes away and you're just like floating which is what I had heard it would be like that otherwise I couldn't take like 55 seconds of like that feeling in my stomach oh no me either I I love roller coasters but like (laughs) my least favorite are the ones that go straight up and straight down you know yeah and um it just like hurts my stomach so bad that, that feeling but um it was like you were floating and like this really strong wind was just like hitting your face and um I remember like the, the guy has like a selfie stick and he's videoing it for you in hopes that you'll like buy the video afterwards oh. or like pictures and um I wasn't planning on it because it's like a hundred dollars extra right <laughs> um but I just remember the biggest mistake I made was that I was wearing earrings. I was wearing these like small like hoop like gold hoop earrings and um I had my goggles on and my earrings were just like flapping all over the place and it like was hurting my earlobes because I thought they were gonna like tear off or something. And, oh my and gosh. <laughs> it was like the wind is coming at your face so fast and like my eyeballs started like tearing up even though I was wearing goggles, right? And so I did not feel glamorous at all. I was, he was, like, taking pictures. I was like, I do not want to see these pictures afterwards. Because, like, <laughs> you're, like, trying to, like, smile and, like, look like you're having fun. I mean, I was having fun. But, like, when you open your mouth, the slobber just, like, <laughs> flies all over. And you're just like, wait, like, do I tilt my head up or down? Or, like, <laughs> and the tears are just, like, coming out real glamour <laughs> shot yeah glamour <laughs> shot. did you see any of the footage no i didn't i didn't want to see it <laughs> we watched my friend's um video afterwards and he has just like this like stone face he like jumps out without like any emotion <gasps> as if he doesn't even care oh man <laughs> he's like yeah like i want to get certified like i would i would train to do this every day <laughs> he's like fearless but yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone would want to see a picture. Of that. I don't so, know how other people look good. I did not feel good. <laughs> did it feel like it was fifty-five seconds? I don't. I don't think it felt like it. To me, it felt like thirty seconds. That's why I'm like, hmm. Did hmm. we really? Because you can buy different heights. You can buy like, like three thousand meters. You can buy. We bought the middle one, which was like forty-two hundred, I think, and. um... I was kind of skeptical about that. I was like, did we actually pay for this? Are you just, like, kind of taking everyone, you know? Yeah. To, like, a random height. <laughs> I really wanted to go through a cloud, but Ooh. I don't think my instructor thought it was too. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It went over so fast. And I probably don't need to do that ever again. <laughs> too much money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can check that one off. Yeah, it's now checked. Now be satisfied. <laughs> I'm satisfied. <laughs> What else did you do that you had never tried before? Um, couch surfing. Yeah. I never tried that before. Did Um, you have good experiences? Yeah, I had mostly really good experiences. I was pretty lucky. But I was also very careful. (laughs) And that's also through a website? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wanted to try that the first time I went to Paris, but I never... It's hard to find a host sometimes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you don't have any reviews to begin with. So, um, the first time I did it was in Toulouse. Actually, the very, like, first place I landed in on this trip. Um, I stayed with this couple, and they turned out really well. I was kind of scared because they didn't have any reviews either. I probably should have been more careful, (laughs) but, like, they ended up being, like, the best. They were, like, the nicest people. But I had, overall, like, really good couchsurfing experiences. It can be kind of awkward, but, like, you just have to, like, be careful with the reviews and stuff. Are you always staying on an actual couch, or do they have do they have rooms sometimes, or...? Yeah, sometimes. Um, that first one, they had a air mattress they put on the floor of their office for okay. me. So I had my own, like, 
private area. And then other times it was like an actual couch. But like some people have like an, a guest room. <laughs> and I never got a guest room, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine with me. I don't know. It's just so much easier to um, like learn about the locals if you're staying with one. Yeah. Because it's fun doing the hostel thing. But you're meeting other people who are just like you and don't know much about the place. Mm -hmm. And, like, they're good to hang out with, but you don't learn that much. Which country would you say was the most different culturally from the U.S. and from what you're used to? I don't know. I mean, maybe Portugal or um, Croatia. I feel like the further, like, east, maybe it's the culture is a little different. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, like... Scandinavia was very like, I mean, everyone spoke really good English there and was like super healthy and like a lot of like white people, <laughs> blonde people. Um, so I guess I would, yeah, I guess like Croatia, when you're walking around the streets, the people, you notice that the people kind of have like these like, harsh features. Like no one's really like smiling. <laughs> and they're like, they're not like, mean people or anything it's just like they went through a war recently so and I feel like you can kind of see that I guess um they're still like friendly people and if you ask for directions and stuff everyone will be really nice um I would say it's like 50 50 whether you can the person you go up to speaks English or not <laughs> people were just a little like looked a little harsher did you ever make any big blunders like culturally where you did something that was like um, oh they don't do that here <laughs> or you know those types of situations I think the the terminology in Ireland sometimes got me a little like confused oh yeah and um my Irish host mom was like really funny but like I could only understand her like 50% of the time because <laughs> she talks so fast and um some of their words I just have never even heard of so half the time I'm I'm like what what is that <laughs> do you remember any examples um, well what got me really nervous after what like they say the word trousers for pants mm. and for them pants means like underwear Okay. And so now I'm really self-conscious whenever I say pants. <laughs> because I'm like, wait, do people think I'm talking about my underwear? <laughs> and I think there were a couple times where I didn't realize I had said something like that until like a couple minutes later. And then I asked my host mom, like, wait, like, this is what I meant. I meant trousers. <laughs> Did you meet any people that kind of made you uncomfortable or that were like bad encounters? <laughs> um, yeah. So, I spent a lot of my time on park benches, <laughs> um, because I like to, like, go, like, find somewhere to sketch, and I like to go to, like, parks or, like, um, public squares or something, and just, like, like, start sketching a fountain or, like, a building or something, the architecture there is so beautiful, and um, I, try, I try and, like, keep up with my sketchbook and do a sketch, at least one for each um, city that I go to to remember but um when I was in Toulouse I was sketching at this like square and um this guy came up to me and was like is anyone sitting here and I was like no like he, so he sat next to me I don't know how he knew I spoke English though like was it that obvious like, <laughs> that I'm a foreigner <laughs> that kind of makes me sad but um he started talking to me like oh what are you drawing <laughs> Blah, 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 like, where are you from? Um, and the Euro tournament was happening, and they had a big fan zone in Toulouse where they set up this huge screen to watch the game. And um, some of them are hosted in Toulouse as well in their stadium. Um, and there's a game on that night, and he, like, he asked me if, um, like, I wanted to go to a bar with him to watch the game. And I was like, I mean, I kind of wanted to watch the game, and, like, it's nice not to have to do it alone, and um, he's being like, he's being nice, friendly, like, like a little creepy. I don't, I couldn't really tell at the point. <laughs> so I was like, um, yeah, sure, we can go to bar. I was like, I'm not gonna get a drink with him though, because like, I don't know, I'm just like a little scared of this guy. Just a yeah, bit. <laughs> but stranger, <laughs> yeah, it's a stranger. Um, and 
we went to a bar, watched the game. It was cool. I never, I never really watched um, football, soccer before mm -hmm. um, until now. And then we decided to go to the fan zone where they had the big screen, and um, we watched. We we entered like the. They're, they're, like, selling beers and all this paraphernalia, and it was really fun to see all the fans, like, dressed up with all their paint on and the colors, and um, it was it was a lot of fun to, like, cheer it on and see people so passionate. And then, um, yeah, later, like, I, I decided to, like, go back to my hostel, and he was, like, um, he, like, asked for my number <laughs> um, to stay in contact if I ever came to visit Nice, because that's where he was actually... Um, living and working. And I didn't have a French phone. Um, I didn't have a data plan at the time. I was planning to go the next day to get one, actually. And so that's what I, I told them. I was like, <laughs> oh, I actually don't have a phone. Like, um, but I'm going tomorrow. So if you give me your number, like, I'll text you. <laughs> and um, I told him I didn't have Facebook. I lied. <laughs> and um, he was like, yeah, sure. So he gave me his number and I was like I'm never gonna see this guy again I was like I'm really I'm not gonna I don't plan on messaging him like I'm like leaving town in a couple days anyways like whatever <laughs> so I never messaged him <laughs> even though I got a phone plan like a month after I had been in, had met him in Toulouse I was in Nice and I forgot that he like was from Nice but I was I had decided to go to Nice and um, I was sitting in my hostel like the first night I was there I was on my laptop in the common room and like he walks through the door in my hostel in Nice and I was like what the hell and I'm just like sitting there on my laptop he like sees me he does like a double take and he comes over and he's like hey wow what a coincidence like and then he's like you never messaged me <laughs> It's like, oh, oh no. darn, like, I'm so sorry, I, like, um, I, like, was leaving town, I forgot, and, like, um, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 like, how have you been? I tried to, like, avoid the question, <laughs> and I'm such an idiot, like, my laptop is out right there, and I have it on Facebook, and he sits right next to me, and he's like, oh, so you have Facebook, <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot, like, um, yeah, I, I don't use it that often, actually, <laughs> Um, and then I tried to change the subject What did he again. It was so say? Awkward. He was like, I thought you said you didn't have Facebook. Oh, no. It, I don't know. I just tried to say, change the subject. It was so weird. And, like, um, talk about something else, like his job <laughs> or, like, I don't know, if he was, like, moving or whatever. And I was like, what are you doing here? Like, in a <laughs> hostel, aren't you from here? Don't you live here? He was like, yeah, like, I met some people here earlier um, like yesterday or like earlier this evening or something he was like yeah and like they invited me back to get drinks tonight or whatever um, and he was like I'm gonna go find them like over in the bar area and I was like okay um, and like he introduced me to some of them honestly I think that he like goes to this hostel to like meet other foreigners to, like, I don't know it's, it's hard to meet French people if you don't like speak really well French or if, mm. you, don't, if you don't like come from France <laughs> yeah so I wonder if he was just there to like meet people and like talk to other travelers I don't know <laughs> but that was really really uncomfortable <laughs> yeah <laughs> but most people that you ran into again <laughs> it was a good thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> well those were always like planned <laughs> right <laughs> thank god <laughs> it's kind of crazy though that this whole trip wouldn't really have been possible without social media, right? I know. I Every time I was, like, navigating, I was thinking, like, what did my parents do back in the day when they <laughs> had to use, like, the actual maps and, like, ask people for direction? Maybe that's how people made friends better. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> ask so. Ask other people yeah. for directions and, like... And you can't look up reviews on, like, how good this hostel is or if it's in a sketchy area. Yeah. Or, you know. Uh, but I relied heavily on that. And it's really good that a lot of Europe has free Wi-Fi like just around town or like at McDonald's or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty confident I could like go back on the internet if I needed to because I didn't buy a data plan everywhere I went. So you would use maps when you could find Wi-Fi and... Yeah, actually um, I used Google Maps and I just like downloaded the area that I was going to of like each city but like a mm -hmm. couple days before I went to make sure and then like start some places I knew I wanted to go or where my hostel was. 
Actually, Google Maps already knew where I was staying. Oh. <laughs> it was kind of creepy. Like, I would go on and be like, oh, you're staying here from, you know, like, <laughs> from, like, August 11th to oh, 20th. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, because I guess through my email, it sees that I reserved it. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people who might want to do work away or couch surfing mm. or just traveling? By in, themselves? Yeah, by themselves. Pack as little as possible. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a lot easier if I had... Um, just had to carry on for my flights because the flights in Europe can be really, really cheap if you don't check a bag, which I did. What but, was your situation with how much stuff you had? Um, I had like this really big framed like, transport backpack um, and it was it was pretty heavy. It was like bigger than I was. <laughs> and then I strapped my ukulele to the back of it. Um, but it was too big to carry on. And um, too exhausting to walk around a city and do touristy things with it. So yeah. I would have to drop off my stuff at the hostel first or, yeah, just carry, like, a smaller one with me during the day. I actually think I, like, hurt my knees and my feet a lot from that trip. From carrying painful. your heavy backpack? Yeah. Oh, no. Like, after six months of that, I was definitely, like, hurting. Oh, God. Yeah, and I accumulated a lot of stuff by the end, so, <laughs> to bring back. <laughs> Did you have to buy extra bags or? No, I was planning on it, but then I found out that, um, like, my flight home from London to to New York, I could only check one bag for free. So I was like, it's okay, I can fit everything, and I don't need to do more shopping anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it would have gotten destroyed anyway. Oh yeah. <laughs> so tell us about that. <laughs> uh, well, I survived all of. Um, actually, I had one problem with my bag. I was going from Portugal to Croatia. I stopped over for 24 hours in Barcelona, um, stayed with a friend, and um, went to the beach, went to park well, and um, and then caught my like second flight back to over to Croatia. And uh, my bag didn't show up when I did. <laughs> oh no! And I was kind of like. Okay, like, this has happened to me before in New York, but um, I didn't know it was going to be, like, two weeks <laughs> in, wow. yeah, in Croatia. Like, those cheap Spanish airlines were just not <laughs> or well-organized in Barcelona Airport, I guess. I guess they had, like, a lot of stranded bags there. And I called oh. every single day. I had to borrow pajamas from my roommate. Um, luckily, I was, like, at the hostel working, so I was planned to stay there for at least two weeks anyways. So I had, like, a, an actual address, but um, that was, like, the lowest point of my trip because for two weeks I was not sure if I had anything. <laughs> but, yeah, and then one day I called, and they were like, oh, it's here. <laughs> it arrived today, and they delivered it to my hostel, oh. and um, I had everything again suddenly. Everything was intact. Everything was intact. <laughs> nothing was stolen. It was, had just been sitting in the airport, I guess. The whole six months, I had nothing stolen from me. I was very, like, scared about that, but I, I guess I was careful enough and lucky enough that I didn't get robbed or didn't really lose anything significant at all. Um, and then I returned to the U.S., and my first flight within the U.S. from New York to go back for Christmas. I checked my, my backpack, and I think one of the straps must have gotten caught in a conveyor belt because I finally got it on Christmas Day. I showed up. We finally found it in the back of uh, Frontier's like office, baggage office in like a plastic bag. I took it home and opened it, and all of my stuff was just destroyed. <laughs> like half of my clothes were ripped to shreds, and I don't. It's crazy. Like I survived six whole months, and finally this happens to me like on my very last leg home back in the u.s in the u.s like <laughs> u.s is the worst <laughs> welcome home yeah <laughs> merry christmas merry christmas <laughs> i wonder what's gonna happen next year <laughs> so your advice would be to pack lighter <laughs> yeah like check don't check your bags if you can mm. I, it's hard because i felt like i had already packed the like bare essentials i would find a way next time to somehow get rid of more things. Any other words of wisdom? Um, I guess, like, don't be afraid to talk to strangers. It's, like, it's a hard balance because, like, you have to, like, be scared in order to, like, be safe, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you want to, like, make friends, you have to, like, have some faith that, like, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, 
got a lot more comfortable with that, especially if they're, like, in the hostel, like, if they're doing what I'm doing and it's, we're all in the same boat, like, it'll be fine. <laughs> Going clubbing with people you don't even know. <laughs> Just, like, being careful and, I don't know. It's It was all, like, ended up really well. Do you think any of what you've learned has transferred back to being in the U.S.? Mm, I feel like I haven't been here long enough to, like, apply anything, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I haven't, I've still just been, like, applying to jobs and, like, living here again. But I think I'm, like, more open-minded and, like, hopefully, I'm trying to stay as, like, just as adventurous. It's hard when you're in a place that's not, like, new and exciting, but I'm trying to stay, like, open-minded and adventurous and, like, have that same mindset where I'm, like, meeting new people and, like, have faith that like, because you never know, it, even if you meet a stranger, if they're going to be, like, your new best friend, or, like, or if you'll never see them again, most likely, or, like, I met a lot of people who, um, just, like, at first, it was just a coincidence that we met, but then, like, we did a lot of really cool, fun things together, and it's, like, you never know what's going to happen. How did your family feel about you being gone for six months? <laughs> um, they were excited for me. I think my mom was worried sometimes because, like, I don't talk to them, like, every day. Mm -hmm. And um, I could see now how they might be concerned if, like... Because, honestly, like, if I had, like, died, <laughs> like, who would know? <laughs> like, I only talk to my parents, like, every couple... Like, sometimes, like, once a week, maybe I would call them and, like, send pictures once a week. Sometimes I'd talk to them every couple days, but... Yeah, like, if I went missing, like, people wouldn't <laughs> even know for another week. <laughs> but I was surprised that they were so, like, okay with me doing, like, couch surfing and stuff. And, yeah. Um, and being by myself. But they did a similar thing after they graduated. That was going in the Peace Corps. Yeah. For them. <laughs> That's where they met, how they met. Yeah. In the Peace Corps. So, my dad wanted me to do something like that. He's always like, why don't you apply to the Peace Corps? <laughs> I didn't think I could handle two years, though. That seems, like, way too long. And on this trip, I honestly thought I'd get homesick after two or three months. But then somehow I, I ended up being twice as long. <laughs> Did you feel like you wanted to stay after six months, or were you ready to come back? Um, at the end of the summer, I was I was so confident. Like, I was starting to get the hang of it, and um, about four four months in was, like, the perfect, like, like, oh, my God, I can do anything now. Like, I feel so good. I get the routine down. Um, I could do this for like years like I could do this for a whole year I could do this for two years three years um, but then like I think once winter started setting in it started getting darker and colder and suddenly I didn't have this like summer optimism and um, I realized like I'm gonna get homesick if I'm alone on Christmas and like I want to see my family for Christmas yeah and that would be a good like way to end my trip <laughs> Um, is the perfect timing for my bank account and, <laughs> and to like see family again. So maybe if I were like chasing the summer around the world, then I could survive a lot longer. Longer. But I think I have that like seasonal effective like like when it's sunny outside, I'm so optimistic, <laughs> and then when it gets cold, I'm just not as <laughs> willing that to makes do sense. things. Yeah. <laughs> How were you paying for everything? <laughs> All for my savings from the job I had last summer so I didn't have a lot of money but mm -hmm. I think I survived really well off of what I had through like doing work away and like couch surfing like if you have work away you don't even really need to pay for anything just for your tourist experience um, which I did <laughs> <laughs> decided I'm doing work away so I'll just go skydiving <laughs> You have to make the most. Of I know. Your time. I'm so glad I did it. I don't know when I would have had like the chance again or like yeah. the people to do it with. Plus, it's way better to skydive in Portugal than in America, right? Definitely. <laughs> what are you doing with all your pictures? How are you gonna try and keep your memories <laughs> alive? I took a lot of pictures, but like mm -hmm. I tend to like not look at my pictures again after I touch the, or after I take them. Um, I posted like a lot of them on Facebook as I was like going along. I don't think anyone really, like goes through all that though because there are like a lot of them. Um, but I did bring a Kodak camera with me on my trip, um, which was a lot of fun and kind of stressful actually. <laughs> but um, how so? <laughs> well, 
I don't like Kodak cameras are so much fun. I the last time I even touched one was when I was like in elementary school or mm-hmm. something, right? A disposable camera. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, disposable. And um, I was like, okay, I'm gonna take two pictures in each city that I go to, and then um, it would be so stressful because I was like, oh my, God, I only have two pictures in this like one city. Like, what I have to take, like pictures of like the absolute most like iconic thing in the city and then right. if I ever would forget I would get so stressed out like <laughs> I'm about to go to the airport and oh my gosh I forgot to take a picture in the city or like oh no or like with the people that I met a lot of the times I would be like well the most th- the thing I'll remember most about the city was like the person that I met and then I would totally forget to take a picture of them <laughs> but like I had the pictures on my iPhone anyways I was just being ridiculous but <laughs> it's more fun to have them on Kodak yeah um have you had them developed I did I developed them right when I got back mm-hmm. I was so excited and I actually had to buy a second one because the trip was, like, a lot longer than I originally planned. Yeah. Um, so I bought a second one in Ireland. Um, and so I felt, like, a little relieved after that. I was like, I have more freedom. I could take more pictures. Yeah. Um, but I was so sad. I got them developed. And, like, a couple of them that I distinctly remember taking weren't there. Oh, Yeah, maybe weird. they just didn't. Maybe it got damaged in the whole <laughs> the the frontier. luggage thing. <laughs> Fiasco. Frontier, yeah. Um, But yeah, most of them came out all right. It's just that, like, I spent so much time thinking of, like, the perfect picture to, like, take with, like, the right people, and then some of them are just not there. (laughs) It is a cool idea, though, to take real photos because it makes you more thoughtful Mm -hmm. about what you're... Yeah, it is. It's kind of strange. It... It was weird how much it stressed me out. I don't know why. <laughs> I think um, I knew after I developed them, I would actually, like, hang those ones up and look at them as opposed to my iPhone ones that will just stay on my computer and, like, never get printed and yeah. I'll probably forget about. <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for you? I have to find a job. Yeah. Because <laughs> I need money <laughs> if I ever want to do a trip again. <laughs> do you want to do another trip I do. Like this? And yeah. now, after doing this, I have, like, I'm totally convinced that, like, the way to do it is to, like, go by yourself. Or not necessarily by yourself, but, like, have a lot of freedom. Now that I think about it, like, the people I met who were on, during that trip, who were on, like, a vacation for, like, a week, it just doesn't seem worth it to me. Like, yeah. I would want to do a whole adventure for three to six months again I would even consider like a whole year maybe if I wanted to go to like Australia or something and um just like pack light and like realize that I'm gonna go this long time without a lot of things but it's okay I can survive (laughs) yeah without things maybe we can do one together yeah dude you can be my work away guide oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) thanks for tuning in You've been listening to another episode of Extraordinary. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Linnea about ways to travel in Europe or wherever if you're on a budget and can't spend a lot of money. We all gotta think about our bank accounts. I hope this was useful. I hope you're inspired to travel and get out there and make those memories. You can find the other episodes of this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud if you search for Extraordinary and my name, Emily Fuller.